let me tell you a little bit about American financing. Uh, you could probably just go anywhere to, you know, get a mortgage. Uh, if you want to save money uh, with a mortgage refinance or debt consolidation loan, there is only one place that I recommend, especially now. Uh, I didn't represent this company. Uh, they first approached me in 2007 or uh, 2008, early 2008. And I said, I'm not talking about any mortgage company. And they're like, no, 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 we're reaching out to you because we agree with you. It's about to collapse. And I'm like, well, and you're not part of it. And they're like, no, we don't do those kinds of loans. We stay, we keep people safe and we listen to them. I said, okay, well, I'll talk to you after the collapse. Well, I did, and they were fine. Uh, they're not part of the problem. They work for you, not the banks. Call American Financing at 800-906-2440. American Financing, 800-906-2440. Or you can go to AmericanFinancing.net. There's a lot to talk about today. Stand by. Buckle up. Here we go. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Oh, Mark Meckler is in trouble today. I'll tell you that right now. He's been called to testify in front of the congressional hearing on what did you know? When did you know it? You terrorist on January 6th. And he said, "Nah, I don't think I'm coming. This is a this is a ridiculous kangaroo court. Uh, So now they say if he doesn't show up, he is going to be held in contempt of Congress. We begin there. Oh, also, John Kerry says, oh, yeah, I know the Uyghur slaves thing, but we got climate change to deal with. You won't believe some of the stories that are coming out today. Uh, Also, um, one of my personal faves is uh, how YouTube and Twitter and Facebook had their algorithm squash people who say positive things about Kyle Rittenhouse. How if you are saying he's innocent, you're being suppressed. Wow, I thought we were just looking for the truth here. I I thought I thought when they were just looking for things, they were just looking, you know, to stop hatred and bigotry. Now, if you disagree with what they think on a case, you're suppressed. Welcome to America 2021. Can't wait till the new year. Coming up, it's Friday. The Glenn Beck Program. Why did you say that? <laughs> sorry. I've... Mark Meadows. I'm sorry. Thank you very much, Stu. I don't know what I was. Meckler's a friend of mine, a completely different. Uh, just say names. Don't just you say know names. what? Say names and say they're Sorry. going to be in contempt of Congress. And I think what those people will be fine. Seriously, <laughs> what is wrong with me? 
Uh, Cindy wrote in recently about her uh, remarkable experience with Relief Factor. She said, I'm a skeptic uh, by nature, so I wasn't expecting much relief from Relief Factor. I suffer from severe back issues, have over 100 surgeries on my body, and I suffer from MS. So pain has been with me my entire life. I can't take regular pain meds, so I ordered Relief Factor, figured I'd give it a try. I felt improvement in about 10 days. By the time my second shipment came, I would say my pain level was averaging a three. And to me, that is absolutely wonderful, especially when you've lived the last 40 years at an eight. Oh, my gosh, Cindy, this makes me so happy. I would encourage anyone suffering from inflammation or painful joints to give Relief Factor a try. I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised. Relief Factor, it's not a drug, but it was developed by doctors and about 70% of the people who try it go on to order more. Order the three-week quick start for $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com, 800-500-8384. relieffactor.com, 800-500-8384. Yeah, give me an update on the uh, Mark Meadows story. Well, basically, they sent a, a a letter yesterday. Yeah. Um, House Select Committee investigating the January 6th attack on the Capitol mm-hmm. uh, warned that Mark Meadows could be charged with contempt if he does not testify before Congress on Friday. He said f- the, the letter said failure to appear at the deposition by Meadows would be viewed as willful noncompliance. Oh, continue to go, Mark. Just don't do it. Continue to stand. I, I I have to tell you, how dare you? Oh, really? I'm in contempt? I hold all of Congress in contempt. <laughs> so do the American people, typically. Yeah. Different kind of contempt, though. Usually when Congress asks you to come, even though it's annoying, you usually have to go. Oh, okay. And, all right. And uh, that's what Mark is going to have to deal with here. Yeah. Right? They're going to come yeah. after him, and they're going to push all the buttons they can push. I think of Food University. I call it F.U., but uh, that's what I think of. I don't know why. Uh, Anyway, does he does he have a like, can he what happens here? Eventually, they just come and and drag him in. Uh, What happens? uh, I don't know. I, I, I know we reached out to Mark earlier today and he's talking to his attorneys to find out, figure it out, figure out what he can say and what he can't. We've invited him on the show this morning. And uh, uh, I, I, I don't think. Uh, that uh, it's going to work out well for Congress in the end. Go ahead. I mean, there are big separation of powers issues here, obviously, at play. And he probably has a lot of wiggle room for those things to play out. Put him in congressional jail. Go ahead. I mean, honestly. I don't think that's what he wants. No, it's not what he wants. I'm sure he wants to stand up for what he believes is right. I will tell you enough is enough. They're going to hold you in contempt. Peter frickin' Schiff, or I mean to Peter, Adam Schiff, sorry, Adam Schiff, uh, uh, forget everything I say about names today, I don't know, it was a, it was a rough night last night, okay, but Adam Schiff, yeah. you're, you want, he's gonna hold me in contempt, you want me to answer to you? Oh, Not a chance. Not a freaking chance. But, I mean, you can say that all you want. When Congress uh-huh. starts saying, we're going to put you in jail, usually yeah. opinions change. They do have power. Whether Even though, like, the problem with Adam Schiff is that he was elected to Congress. But Congress has the power. Uh-huh. 
Uh, so uh-huh. at some point, there's going to be a fight between Congress and and the executive branch. It's going to play out in the courts. Yes, yes. And that and, is going to be when he needs to make eventually, the decision. I mean, you know, it's not like he's going to go do hard time yeah. in prison. And I'm not saying that every, everybody is different. Everybody is different. I wouldn't want to go to prison just yeah. because I didn't show up. Um, but I have to tell you, if if I did show up, I would probably end up in prison anyway because <laughs> right. I'm not I am not playing their game, and I would seriously. I mean, I, you know, it's easy to talk big, right? So I want to <laughs> yeah, I want to make yeah. sure that you understand. I'm not talking for Mark, and I am, and I am also saying this is the way I feel, and I would hope that I would have the courage to go to prison. You might be following this closer than I am, so this may be a dumb question, but like what's what's his argument for not testifying? Like I mean, I don't I assume he doesn't believe he did anything wrong. I mean, I don't, I don't think Mark Meadows had anything to do with the January 6th attacks. Yeah, does it did, did he release a statement at all? I believe like the it. I believe the statement or I believe his intent is I you are you are bogus. This is a witch hunt. I'm not going. Right. I'm just not going to participate because this whole thing is whole a charade, thing is a sh- which yes. it does seem to be just a, no. a large political action by the Democrats. Again, like there are answers to now, things that happened around January 6th that I think could be interesting to know. Right? Yes. Uh, you yes. Know, there's a lot of stuff around that. We discussed those issues. Exactly uh, right. But this does not seem to be there's at a all lot a sincere of th- effort. There are a lot of things that we need to talk about that uh, about uh the plight of african americans in our inner cities and there's lots of things that we should discuss that are serious that a lot of people who actually marched didn't loot actually were trying to say when they were on the streets peacefully protesting with black lives matter there's a lot but i am not going to a black lives matter uh run kangaroo court you know what i mean because there's they're not seriously looking for answers nobody is seriously looking for answers on january 6th i think i think all of us looked at january 6th and we had two feelings now this might piss you off but this is the way i felt i saw that and i went what the hell are you doing i immediately saw that and thought this is this is going to kill any chance of of being free if this goes further than it already is this is a really bad thing i have nothing to do with it i don't want ever to be associated with people like that that was my first feeling my second feeling was come on trump come on come on come on stand up stand up stand up just get on television right now and say this is not uh america we don't do that if he would have done that, I think a lot, all of this would have been over. All of this would have been over. But he didn't. Yeah, well, he did. He did later. Statement, but, but it, did, yeah, it wasn't, it as wasn't quick effective as, yeah. and it wasn't as quick. Right. Okay? Um, and that's the, way, that's the way I felt. So I want, I want a full investigation because I am no longer convinced that the FBI wasn't involved in that. Yeah, that's and that's what I think. There's both sides of it, right? There's yeah. all sorts of questions. I, I, look, the guy as a person who cares about history, I want to know what happened in the lead up to that. Correct. Event. I want to know if there was uh, FBI involvement. 
Uh, if there were, uh, you know, they just released a, a whole report on this that said the overwhelming majority of people who were there had no pre-planning, no... Yes. It's the exact opposite of what we've oh, been told exactly for right. months and months and months exactly and months right. and months. I do want that information to come I out. I want that information. Here's so another know. thing. The guy with the buffalo head, you know, the guy with the horns, and he's like, Grr! that guy... I think that guy should go to jail, but they just gave him like five and a half years in prison. Excuse me? What did he do? They say he was inciting. I think the guy is unstable, quite honestly. Have we checked his mental health? I think he might be unstable. He was carrying a spear. <laughs> You'd think so? Oh, jeez. Uh, really? This- a guy carrying a spear and a buffalo head, you think he might be? Really? Five and a half years. Why? Because he was the iconic person there. We don't put people in prison for longer prison terms because they were the image of something. I'd have to go back. This is in one of your books. But the average amount of time spent in prison for a child molester is like two and a half years. Oh, by the way. Uh, So uh, five and a half, a little excessive for the guy with the horns. Have you heard uh, Matt is now the new thing for pedophile? It's not pedophile. You can't say pedophile anymore. It's mm. Matt. It's I'm gonna... mature attraction. Oh, no. Yeah. No, they did not really come oh, up yeah, with an acronym. Oh, yeah. It is. It is. <laughs> no. It is. Check my tweet from last night because I, I found it last night. Check my Twitter, okay. Twitter feed. Um, and uh, <laughs> I, I mean, it's like, uh, do we have a... Do we, here it is. This is a clip. Listen to this. So much for that question. This is a um, associate I use the term professor. minor attractive person or MAP uh, in the title and throughout the book for multiple reasons. Map? Um, first map. of all, yeah, that's because it. I think it's important to use terminology for groups that members of that group want others to use for them. Um, oh, and oh, map oh, yeah, advocacy groups they should like before definitely you act, have, that. Um, have advocated for use of the term MAP. Map. Um, they've advocated for it primarily because it's less stigmatizing than other mm-hmm. terms like pedophile. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people, when they hear the term pedophile, they automatically assume that it means a sex offender. Yeah. Uh, and that isn't true. And no. it leads to a lot of misconceptions mm-hmm. about attractions toward minors. Right. Um, I've definitely Great heard the idea point. that you brought up, though, that the use of the term minor attracted person suggests that it's okay to be minor attracted, to attracted person. Uh, but using a term that communicates <laughs> oh, who someone is attracted to uh, doesn't indicate anything about the morality of that attraction. No, no. Just because you're attracted to minorities, I mean, to uh, minors, just because you're attracted to an eight year old. That, uh, that doesn't say anything about you. Yes, it does. It says that you are sick. You're sick. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's something that didn't fit right. There's something that's not maturing in you. There's some problem. If you are attracted to little girls or little boys, there is something deeply wrong with you. Period. Yeah, but we're going to use the the name of the group that they want, Map? right? Map? We want to make sure we're using whatever yeah. thing they prefer. I'm correct? thinking. I'm thinking, Stu, that I won't Ugh. even ask for Google Maps. <laughs> I want to change. I want a different word for actual maps. I'm going to be that far away from the word map. I was going to say because you initially said it was Matt, and that would suck for Matthews oh, all across it all it across would. the country. As bad it as would. it is for Karens right now. Yeah. Um, but let me give you this. This is from the Washington Post, Glenn. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The Washington Post. Washington Post. Big conservative outlet, oh, as you know. Big, big, big. Court records show the vast majority of mm-hmm. the roughly 650 people federally charged in the riot were not part 
of far-right groups or premeditated conspiracies. I'm to sorry, say that capital. again. I'm sorry. This is a Washington, Washington Post, Post again. It's like the it's like the National Review. Go right. ahead. Vast majority of the roughly 650 people federally charged in the riot. Vast majority mm-hmm. of the 650 people charged were not were not not were not part of far right groups or premeditated huh. conspiracies to attack the Capitol. Rather, that is many were an array of everyday Americans huh. that included community leaders. Small business owners, mm. teachers, teachers, and yoga instructors. I knew those damn teachers and yoga instructors. Mm-hmm. You get the yeah. yoga people and the teacher people together. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I'm surprised they weren't making crack labs in the hallways. Uh, yes. Now, there are, we, to be fair, lots of yoga instructor-based insurrections throughout history. They're littered with them. I mean, almost every well, single insurrection begins with yoga instructors. Hot yoga. Hot yoga. It, it's usually it's hot, hot yoga. But that's it's too hot. It's just They're like, I can't too... take it anymore. <laughs> It's too hot, this yoga, and they overthrow governments. One, it happens. One wore his work badge. What, what? One wore his work badge. A hot Another, yoga instructor? No, they're, okay. they're just saying just one people. of the regular. Okay. Another, a jacket with the phone number of his work on the back. Okay. So these, these are, are not th- people who came for a, hmm. an insurrection or a premeditated no, overthrow the government Wait a minute, festival. wait a minute. Are you saying that when Antifa opens up their umbrellas, it's to hide their faces or what they look like? Yeah, usually. Because I always thought it was going to be mm-hmm. about rain, mm-hmm. and they would have the phone number of where they can, where they can be called, uh-huh. you know, on their back. And you can mock Antifa all you want, but they were way out ahead of the COVID thing. Long before it even arrived, they were wearing masks. Yes. So thank there goodness you go. for them. Thank <laughs> goodness for them. Uh, we haven't even started yet. We haven't even mm. started. It's going to be a very interesting and I think very frank day because Stu took me to Rocky Four last night. Yes, the director's cut. And if you thought it was good in the 80s, <laughs> you should see that movie 40 years later. It was fantastic. Thank so you. I'm, glad. I'm, glad I'm in it. a more of an honest move and mood today. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, let me tell you about American financing. American Financing, NMLS 182334, org. Stu, can I ask you a question before I get into the commercial? Sure. Have you ever, quote, adopted the attitude of the great Negro, end quote? Uh, no, 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 President Biden. I have not done that. Oh, what, do, what, do you, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? Uh, I believe you're talking about Satchel Paige, who mm-hmm. played in the Negro mm-hmm. Leagues, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. uh, what mm-hmm. was the name of the league. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. you wouldn't want to say it how you just said it. Well, that's, a, that's what he said <laughs> That yesterday. is a quote, a direct quote. Are you saying that he said something wrong? Because I'm on Snopes. Oh, okay. And Snopes has an awful lot to say about this. About that? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to hear. Uh, American financing. Let's talk about uh, equity benefits uh, for a while. Let's talk about it right now. The uh, mortgage rates are still low because they're eventually going to rise. Uh, but now they're freaking out because they can't raise the rates. Otherwise, the whole system falls apart. So when they start to raise the rates, it's going to not be so good. Okay, Uh, and it's going to get harder and harder for you to get a loan. Please, please, if you want to get a mortgage, if you want to refi, if you want to consolidate your loans, there's nothing better that you could do than pay off those loans to Citibank and Visa and all these other bums. 
pay those things off. Get out from paying them all of that interest. American Financing can help you do it. 800-906-2440. AmericanFinancing.net. 800-906-2440. 10 seconds, station ID. Uh, Snopes. Mm. Okay, can you give me the... Do we have the audio here of uh, Joe Biden? Yeah, here's Joe Biden Uh, yesterday. You know, I've adopted the attitude of the great Negro at the time, pitcher in the Negro Leagues, went on to become a great pitcher in the pros in Major League Baseball after Jackie Robinson. Mm -hmm. His name was Satchel Paige. Yes, the great Negro. Okay. Thank you, uh, Grandpa. Uh, what he's what Snope says about this is ultimately Biden's fractured antidote appears to be aimed at conveying to Blinken that he was only as old as he felt. While he what? did, while he did indeed utter the words "I've adopted," quoting the attitude of the great Negro, end quote, and said them in that order. The context surrounding that sentence fragment does not support the claim or implication that Biden called or referred to Satchel Page as the great Negro. <laughs> Excuse me. What? What kind of Russian gymnast do you have to be to twist your mind up into how many knots to get that to be reality? And by the way, by the way, I said, thank you, Grandpa. Because one of the excuses is, look, he's just old. He's from a different. You know what? I don't think that Donald Trump is that many years younger than uh, than Biden. Yeah. Not that many years. He's a grandpa, too. It feels like and he would never say that he would never say that. It does feel like Joe Biden's a lot older than Donald Trump, but he's not. He's only a few years older. He's not. It just feels that way when you watch them speak, when you see their energy. I mean, it it does seem like Donald Trump is much more on the ball than Joe Biden is. I mean, you know, you might not like Trump. You might not like what he says when he's on the ball, but he does seem like he's on the ball. Joe Biden does not. (laughs) Now, I, I don't. It appears that Biden was going to describe Satchel Paige as the great pitcher in the Negro Leagues. When the words came out, as I've dropped the attitude of the group. <laughs> Can't even get through it. <laughs> it is an amazing, oh, amazing, amazing thing. You know, thank, I have to thank you for Rocky Four last night because that just swinging in the ring mm. just was strangely satisfying. And kicking the butt out of the, so- of the yeah, Soviet of the Union. the Soviet Union. Yeah, just going good. in and just swinging and swinging hard <clears throat> and seeing the little guy win mm. in the end. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Okay, if you're like me, if you're not sleeping... You're kind of daydreaming about sleeping. Is it just me? Uh, If you want a great night's sleep, MyPillow can help you in multiple ways. The pillow is fantastic. Uh, The sheets are unbelievable. Really, truly. I think it's the best thing that they make because you can't. I mean, I'm a sheet snob. And I, I say that until I go to the store and I look at the price of sheets. And I'm like, it's a bunch of cotton. 
You didn't have to put a button in it or anything. What are you talking about? They're wildly expensive for really good sheets. And I'm a sheet snob. I don't know what to do until you go to MyPillow.com. Their Giza Dream Sheets are unbelievable. And right now you can get them at a fraction of the price. And Mike Lindell is extending his uh, money back guarantee until March 1st of next year. So you give it as a Christmas present. Order now. Enter the promo code back at MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com or call 800-966-3117. Head over to BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Fauci Lied. It's for the special coming up this week. And you'll save 25 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. Who and what is really behind the pandemic? Who profits from the pandemic? What are the true origins of the virus? There have been disturbing revelations about the vaccine and why it's being pushed so hard. And it's time perhaps that we ask dangerous, forbidden questions surrounding COVID-19 and the pandemic. Big tech and the government are doing everything they can to stifle the truth. Because if we... If we did start to ask these questions, we would no longer tolerate the draconian measures put into effect. This is the reason to watch next Wednesday night's two-hour live commercial-free special done by me. The probably the most dangerous chalkboard I have ever done. One of the biggest reveals is the federal government's troublesome connection with Big Pharma. A huge conflict of interest, but also a disturbing breach of trust between the American people and the government elected by them. Most disturbing of all is the trail of emails showing a cover-up executed by a coronavirus cabal. And it is a cabal. They were more interested in protecting their legacy and their money than saving lives. This is next Wednesday, November 17th, 8 p.m., blazetv.com slash Glenn. I urge you to watch this. We're putting it on YouTube. <clears throat> Doubt it will make it for the first 15 minutes, but maybe it is. Um, it is uh, a very important special. Watch it with a friend. You can be a subscriber at Blaze TV and make sure that you see it and have it but we urge you to watch it I'll watch it with a bunch of people so you can discuss it afterwards following the special steve dace will give his unthrottled reaction uh and your too dangerous for big tech questions live only next wednesday night on blaze tv from blaze tv and uh, radio is pat gray from pat gray unleashed hi pat hi glenn i'm excited about your special it sounds fun <laughs> you know i've i've seen the uh, youtube rules uh and they are about five pages very fine print five mm -hmm. pages of what can be said what can't be said yeah we have it, to edit everything for youtube almost every day oh yeah almost every day yeah so i mean it is there is no such thing as unfiltered speech did you see no. what twitter was doing yesterday for kyle rittenhouse no they were suppressing anyone who said he's clearly innocent Oh, they were suppressing that. I mean, there is no such thing as freedom of speech anymore in America. There's just mm -hmm. not. You can't say that is the public square. 
Social media yeah. is the public square. It's, it's tough because it's still their website. So that's why they are able to do these things legally. But you know, we it's are not moving, the public square, we, even though we th- we want it to be the public square, I guess. We are moving towards the metaverse. Yeah, no, look, I mean, there's arguments to be made. A lot of people make them about that it should be thought of as the public square. Legally, right now, it's not, though. Yeah, well, and that's why they can do all this I, stuff. I just want you to know, do you have something you want to talk about, Pat? Because I'd love to get your reaction on something. But do you have something you want to bring up? No, you can. Okay, so <clears throat> are you familiar with the metaverse? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So everybody thinks, oh, that's uh, that's Facebook. Why are they metaverse? That's ridiculous. Blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. We are so far ahead on the metaverse and you don't even know it. I, I want to tell you that on Wednesday, uh, the World Economic Forum held the great narrative and they've been promoting this. And what I'm going to read to you is on their website. Now, remember, the World Economic Forum just partnered with the Biden administration to bring these things back there to bring these things into America. We are now partnered with uh, 20 different companies, public, public, private partnership and the World Economic Forum. This is build back better. So the great narrative was the uh, conference that is happening this week. Uh, to design the future. Now, I want you to just listen. This is how they opened it. Design the future, the story for the future. In order to shape the future, you have to imagine the future, design the future, and then execute. Over the next two days, they will decide how we decide, how we execute the great narrative. But the great narrative is, is what is tomorrow going to look like globally? The world has gone through a very difficult time. People are now looking for transformation, but the world needs a new blueprint, a new narrative. Why? Because 1% own more wealth than 7 billion. Almost half the population lives in under $6 a day because the last 60 years were the warmest on record. We can't afford to waste more time on denial of climate change. Because our digital world will be as important as our physical world. By 2025, there will be five times more devices than people on this planet. Because both to inspire hope and action, government, first and foremost, are in the business of installing hope. Mm. Governments are instituted among men to... Oh, protect these rights. I'm sorry. I thought it was um, install hope. Imagine what role the government should play to install this new narrative. A whole government approach is not enough. All of humanity approach is needed. Collectively, we are the author of this new chapter. The future belongs to those who can imagine it and implement it. How can we design the government to be future citizen ready? How to lead the world into sustainable and a better future. What will be the great narrative? When we look at the world today, difficulties shape the future. Three obstacles. First, after the pandemic, people have become much more self-centered. Really, that's the big... Hmm. What role is what is the role of government looking at our current position in human history? 
We sit at the second of the first minute of the first day of the first year. Human evolution to the wheel to today with technology. In 50 years, it will be totally different. The pace we've grown has been massive, but we are putting our life onto one platform. The future will be based on the platform we design now. Does anybody think so far this is a little spooky? Mm. The job is to bring people and humility together. Hmm. And humility. How is this great government going to make us find humility? Technology. Uh, let's say, let's see. Uh, the job is to bring people and humility together. Technology and to bring uh, and to bring better for our humanity. Obviously translated. Uh, how do you see the global future collaboration? Hopefully in optimistic terms. We know the world isn't inclusive or sustainable enough, but we cannot forget the amount of progress made in 50 years. We know the tensions like USA and China, but we have always have common interests. They want stronger cooperation between the U.S. and China, including environmental issues. Don't leave it alone to governments. Business and science need to play a part. Combine the common interest. Make short-term compromises for long-term change. We are in a new transformation of humankind. If you want to change humanity, we must change the world. Let us use our energy to create a great narrative for humankind in the next two days. Take our own fate into our own hands. And who's that from? The World Economic Forum and the Great Reset. Jeez. Is that not freaking terrifying? Yeah. Incredible. I mean, they do seem like they're much further along uh, than... They are. The, hey, well, Facebook's changing their name. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's a lot. No. uh, It's a lot further along than that. This is so far along, and uh, we are not invited to the table. Humanity is not invited to the table. Mm -hmm. Just our overlords are invited to the table, and they Mm -hmm. will decide for us. This is the scariest thing I've ever seen, because it's not just America. This is the world. Yeah, they are everybody's playing, on board with it. Yeah, they are mm-hmm. playing for the world. And they're using the same verbiage, too. They're all doing the oh, yeah, build, build back, back better. better thing. Oh, yeah, that, which all is that. the great reset. Yeah. And by the way, I just want to say this. We're looking for, let's see, we know the tensions like USA and China, but we have common interests. We want stronger cooperation, USA and China, including environmental issues. Don't leave it alone to the governments. Combine the common interest. Make short-term compromises for long-term change. Now let me play you what John Kerry said yesterday about China and the Uyghurs. How in your in the several months of meetings uh, behind the scenes with China, did you bring up some of those very contentious issues, um, such as use, the use of forced labor in Xinjiang for, uh, for building solar panels? How did you address it, and how did you kind of overcome that in reaching this final? Well, we're honest. We're honest about the differences, and we certainly know uh, what they are, and we've articulated them. And but that's not my lane here. That's uh, my job is to be the climate guy. You also had Nancy Pelosi say we have to get climate change done, uh, and we can't get bogged down with the Uyghur slaves. John Kerry is currently fighting legislation to 
to uh, ban anything made by slaves in China. This is the cooperation. This is the kind of uh, uh, short-term compromises that will uh, show us in the future. Uh, and whole race of people have been wiped out. Back in just a second. More with Pat in just a second. Ten. Uh, let me uh, get first give you uh, our commercial break. It's Rough Greens. Warren lives in Texas. He wrote in about his dog's experience with Rough Greens. He says, our dog, Pidge, absolutely loves Rough Greens. Can't wait uh, to see her attack her food. This is such a Texas. I can't wait for Pidge to just attack her food. Um, she is, uh, she's fed and she just attacks the bowl. We recently started with rough greens and she is one happy, playful dog of nine years. Thank you. Rough greens. Warren, thank you for writing in pidge. Interesting name seems to be short for pigeon, but you know, well, I'm not one to complain. My dog's name is Uno. Speaking of Uno, I know what Warren is talking about. Uno attacks his food now. Rough Greens, not a dog food, something you put on top. It has all the nutrients that your dog needs. You can get a free bag of Rough Greens for your dog to try out. All you pay for is shipping. Just go to roughgreens.com slash Beck, roughgreens.com slash Beck, or call 833-GLEN-33, 833-GLEN-33. Call them today. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So... Pat Gray has a cookie company, um, and uh, come on in, uh, Stu. Just go ahead and cross the camera line. Jeez, what a... <laughs> anyway, uh, so he has a cookie company, and um, he is... And this is not because we're fat. No. This is because <laughs> we are the taste testers, right? Yes, I mean, you that's can't... Right. You don't that's know right. what to recommend. Yeah, no idea. No I have no idea. idea right now. Right. Okay. Right. So. So what do we what do we have? So here? we we're, we've got a special thing coming out on Black Friday, a special box of stuff. I'm not even. I don't know if I'm even supposed to say they're cookies, but we do have a cookie company. <laughs> so that might be a clue. They are cookies. You know, they are I'm cookies. I'm pretty sure we're not selling socks. Okay. On so the what day is after. it we're supposed to uh, try? Uh, try it, any and all of them. Anything that looks good, go ahead and try they it. All just, look good. Don't say the name of the cookie because that's supposed to be secret too. But these are not all, not all these, these are, are approved yet. No, they're they're the ones that we're gonna. Oh my god! Send out. Isn't that incredible? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yes, it's yes. really really good. Oh my gosh, that is like pie. Yeah, I know it's it's delicious. It that really is, is honestly that my might be my favorite oh one my right gosh. now. My grandmother, mm. completely unrelated to the cookies, <clears throat> my grandmother used to make <laughs> lemon pie, lemon meringue pie. <laughs> And again, that's completely unrelated to what oh we're talking gosh, about. That though. is unbelievable. Yeah, it's so good. I I, I don't know. Like you said, my wife is. There's something weird going on there. She's. Is this the cake magic? One? Yes. Uh, oh my god. My dad used to. Make- <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. She's a witch. Yeah, that's. I mean, she's really good. I I don't know where she comes up with these flavors, but these are all the special ones because we've got the fall line out right now, these and that's are honestly, separate to these. These are better than having a pie after mm. dinner. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Oh my god. And there are fewer calories than eating a whole pie too. So barely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's so supposed good. To say oh, that sorry. They're so good though. This yeah. is, uh, and then there's that one. Oh my god, I like that one too. That's really good. So this is coming out on. Uh, you go to kexy.com. Oh my gosh, that's sign good. up for it. 
oh my gosh, that's good. How long does it take her? Mm. Why is it? Mm. Why is it? I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. I grew up in a bakery mm-hmm. for five generations. I've never tasted cookies anything like this. Yeah. I know. She's how really she, good. Why, but how? I don't know. How oh she, I, don't, I don't know. She goes to the kitchen and just comes home oh with, try gosh, this. Try this. I think this is really good. Uh, yeah. These that's my incredible. new favorite. This is, this, is, this is what you get if you're going to oh Thanksgiving. Or yeah. you're going to oh, you, this one. I guess these you don't. go to somebody's house or and like you Christmas dinner, and you bring mm-hmm. these as like the as, I would as your, these, your contribution. I would eat these. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I pie and ice cream after lots mm-hmm. of ice cream, lots of pie. <laughs> <laughs> I would just because we warm them up in the microwave for like 15 seconds. Yeah, if you do that, then they're really oh like my fresh gosh. out of the oven. They're they're incredible. They're incredible. I mean, that these are all incredible. There's one in here. That I won't, it's like a, I don't know, you would think it's a controversial flavor. That's that's mm-hmm. the way I would summarize it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a breakfast cookie. Mm-hmm. This one. Mm-hmm. It's a, but this this controversial flavor is really good. Yeah. Oh, you, you, yeah. you like it? Oh, yes. that's a controversial one? Yeah. You probably and could say is, there's some sweet and savory. There's a savory there. one in there. This yeah. is yeah. very savory, the way you've described it. I, you would I look, think it. You like that too? I haven't had it yet. Oh. You would not think of it as a cookie. No, you wouldn't. But tell me that's not... <laughs> That's serious, man. <laughs> Kexi.com if you'd like to. Uh, how do you spell that? breakfast cookie. That is a breakfast cookie. K-E-K-S-I.com. Dot com. Dessert, breakfast. Hey, I'm going to be 10,000 pounds when we get back. Worth every pound. Fantastic. Fantastic, Pat. I don't know how she does it. I don't either. Kexi.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Well, I know what the biggest story to me is in the United States this week. It is the Rittenhouse trial and all of the ramifications that that uh, has. But it's Friday. We get Bill O'Reilly's take, the biggest story of the week. We begin there in 60 seconds because it's Friday. The Glenn Beck Program. There's an old saying we used to hear from the old timers. It's better than a sharp poke in the eye with a sharp stick. Yeah, yeah, generally speaking, that, uh, you know, is, is pretty much applies to everything in life, except being poked in the eye with a sharp stick. I mean, anyway, um, but I'm not sure it, uh, it really applies to selling houses because ah, there are times that you'd rather be poked in the eye with a sharp stick than have another meeting with a real estate agent where they're like, we're going to have another open house. We're going to blow up some balloons and put some signs in the neighborhood. Excuse me, everybody in the neighborhood has already traipsed through the house acting as though they are buyers because everybody in the neighborhood wants to see the inside of everybody else's house. Stop. Anyway, if you would like a real estate agent that can actually help you buy and sell the right home for the right price, it's realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Mr. Bill O'Reilly. From BillOReilly.com, tell me, sir, the biggest story of the week. Well, the popular story is the Rittenhouse situation. Um, As far as what's important to the United States, uh, it's the battle between Biden and Trump over the January 6th documents in the National Archive. So which one do you want to handle, Beck? Well, I think we should handle the one you think is the biggest story. You know, it just depends on how you're looking at your country. 
So the Rittenhouse story is over. He's not guilty. And it's just another example of how the media convicts people without any knowledge of what happened. Everybody ran a montage, including me. I, I'm sure you did. Yep, yep. Of all these far left um, people uh, convicting the 17 year old, then 17. And still doing it, honestly. And Twitter today is suppressing people who are saying he's innocent. I did not know that. See, yes. I'm not in that world, that that world of Twitter and Facebook and all that. And and that is a very corrupting force in America. Uh, yeah. Seeing that most people get their news from Twitter, Facebook, yeah. etc. And, and so once you replace reality with unreality, mm-hmm. so then your life is going to careen. If you do that in your personal life, it's going to careen and, and collapse. And now on a national basis... Um, we have that, that coming, too, because, as you just said, many, many people, they don't use standard news agencies anymore, and they're smart not to because almost all of them are corrupt. So Meadow, um, Meadows, let's, let's switch to the other story. Meadows says now he is not going to cooperate with the January 6th committee right. um, because they are battling over the executive privilege. Uh, right. You know, it's a kangaroo court. Um, they're saying if he doesn't testify today, he'll be held in contempt of Congress. And I think he's pretty fine with that. Um, yep. I hold them in contempt. But uh, uh, what do you think? What do you think is happening there? And what is this really all about? Well, Beck, as you know, because you've known me a long time, I'm essentially a reporter. All right. I mean, I'm a blabbermouth and, a, and an analyst and all that. But my career is based on reportage. So when I saw this, um, this is about Biden versus Trump. This is mano a mano. So Biden basically says, if you're a former president, you don't have executive privilege. You don't have it. And I'm going to write an order that says you don't have it. And I'm going to go into every nook and cranny I can to find out exactly what you said to all of your advisors while you're in the White House. So, so everybody understands. And then um, Trump says, no, I do have executive privilege and you can't do that. And I'm going to file a lawsuit, which is he's done. And then late last night, the federal court stayed the Biden action. Okay, so which I predicted. Okay, so why I, did I predict that? Why did O'Reilly predict that? Um, I because saying. I actually did some reporting back. Did you know that on the second day he was president, Barack Obama signed an executive order? It is one three four eight nine, and that executive order says that. Presidents who leave the White House continue to have executive privilege and all of their documents contained in the National Archives are sealed, are secure. Did you know that? I did not know that. Okay. Because I thought, quite honestly, hang on just a second. knew it. I thought. Nobody reported on it. Nobody looked. Okay. Nobody cares about what the reality of the situation is. So look, I okay, got wait, 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 before you go, go on, I thought that was, you know, uh, like that all the time, uh, that, you know, the papers were sealed. I guess the Sandy Berger thing should have told me the difference. 
Why should they be open to everyone? A president of the United States has the right to private counsel. It's just like you and your lawyer or your doctor. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's a right to have private conversations because many of those conversations are, well, why don't we consider this? Why don't we do that? Sure. And, and it never comes to fruition. But the point of the matter is that here we have two presidents, Biden and Trump. Biden is trying to destroy Trump. There's no doubt in my mind. It's personal. He feels threatened. His, uh, Biden has, is doing so badly that Trump is gaining momentum. So Biden's trying to destroy him and wants to go in and look at every private conversation that Trump had in four years and try to find something that he can feed to the New York Times. Okay, that's what this story is all about. But the real outrage of the story is my little news agency, BillOReilly.com, all right, a very small agency could find this information and no one else can because no one else cares, Beck. Now, I'm not putting you in that category. I'm I'm just saying that the the real, the corporate news agencies with Budgets of a hundred million dollars. They don't have researchers that can go in and look. Of course they do. They're not curious. So, so, and they're not looking for that angle on the story. So, so wait a minute, Bill. So he put in an executive order that said it's all private, right? Obama Obama did. The most important thing of this executive order, again, if people want to look it up, it's one three four eight nine. Is that President Obama? clearly stated that past presidents have executive privilege. So then why did you say you knew the court was going to rule in this? Because favor? I knew about this order. And, and so the federal court can't override Obama's executive order. Can't do that. That has to be done on a constitutional basis. Was Barack Obama wrong in this? Was this an unconstitutional so executive order? Why didn't Biden, because you can rescind executive orders, why didn't Biden just rescind that order? Who knows? But he didn't. It's still on the books. And the Biden people don't know about it because, again, nobody looks, nobody cares. Well, we're going to do this. You're going to do that. All right. It's like the remain in Mexico executive order under Trump. OK, Biden's not ah, throwing it out. And a judge goes, federal judge says, well, you can't, you have to go through a process. You just can't throw it out. And therefore, today, the remain in Mexico policy exists. It's there. That's the law. Not being followed, but yes, you're of exactly course, right. Not yeah. being followed. But my so point it, is that we're all in great jeopardy, all of us, because we're now living in a country that doesn't care about the truth and the facts. And, and let's get back to Rittenhouse. So all of these people on The View and Morning Joe and usual suspects, all right, people who have just no credibility. They don't know what happened to this kid. And I said that to my audience from the jump. The only thing I know about Kyle Rittenhouse at the time when he ventured into Wisconsin with an illegal rifle, 
and he could be convicted on the illegal rifle. Okay. The only thing I know is that his parents should not have allowed him to do that. Mm -hmm. That's all I know. Bad parenting. You know, mm -hmm. and so I am not going to speculate about the life of a fellow human being. I'm not going to convict him. Mm -hmm. All right. And, and, I, and, I, I, and I, let me re let me rephrase what I just said, because I don't want to convict the parents. He's a 17 year old kid. It, it may not have been bad parenting. It was just a bad choice on his part. He's 17. Well, I said the parents should not have allowed him to go. But I don't know his circumstance. Yes, I don't either. Okay, so if he's living in your house, and he goes, hey, Mom and Dad, I'm going to take no. this rifle and go into a riot situation right. in Kenosha. I say no. Me as the dad go, I don't think so. Right, exactly right. Exactly right. So now, do you think the press is going to uh, actually support a verdict? I mean, assuming that the verdict comes back as uh, not guilty— Will the press accept that? Yeah, they'll, <laughs> they have to accept it because they look like clowns now. No, no, they really don't. I mean, they're already saying this judge is out of control. This judge. Oh, wait is a minute. Wait a minute. You're, that's going to that's a low level way down the chain of journalism. You're not hearing that from the Washington Post. Uh, you're not hearing that from these other people because all they care about is their own career. I'm hearing it from CNN. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> low level. Just I reinforces guess. <laughs> the low level <laughs> right, on the okay. food chain. All right. <laughs> um, when we come back, I want to take a quick break. When we come back, because the other thing that is going on and tied to January 6th is this memo that came out from uh, the Department of Homeland Security this week that says now this is the uh, the most fragile terror situation for domestic terrorism and racism they've ever seen. Uh, and they're just they keep just putting logs on this fire. Uh, except there was something that happened in Manhattan that nobody seems to want to recognize with the uh, new mayor of New York, Eric Adams. We'll talk to Bill O'Reilly about that in 60 seconds. John wrote in recently about his experience with Relief Factor. He says, I've used Relief Factor for about six months now. I have to tell you, Glenn, I was really skeptical at first, and I put off trying it until my brother loaned me a few days worth of his since he had found it effective. I am pleasantly surprised. I benefit every day as Relief Factor reduced my constant back pain, which has come from years of injuries and getting older. I don't know if it helps everyone, but it sure helps me. John, thank you for trying. I was skeptical of it myself. It has changed my life. It is, it, I'm able to paint again. I'm able to write again um, you know, with a pen, which I could not hold a pen for more than like 40 seconds without massive pain. Relief Factor. It's not a drug developed by doctors, and about 70% of the people who try it go on to order more. Start it now for $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com, 800-583-84. relieffactor.com, 800-583-84. 10 seconds, station ID. So the New York City mayor-elect, Eric Adams, who I think I'm actually, I mean, don't make me like this guy, but I'm starting to like this guy. He is reaffirming his pledge to bring back the New York City Police Department plainclothes unit 
uh, and uh, and he is going to be tough on crime. Well, Black Lives Matter met with him and then promised if you do these things, riots, uh, fires and bloodshed will come to your city. So clear threat of violence. Absolutely. And if that happens, the first person arrested is Hawk Newsom, who said that the head of the New York City Black Lives Matter chapter. So now you can see around the country how out of control the nation's largest city is being held hostage by violent radicals who will do what they say they will do. They will do it. And now what the new mayor of New York City has to do is not overreact to it. You know, let me do that. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm the overreactor because I have a big megaphone in New York City on WABC radio. Um, I'll, I'll handle the overreaction. What he has to do is basically methodically reorganize the New York City Police Department so that, A, the police officers will work for him, and B, that the people of New York will be protected, because they're not now. So if you come to New York City and you get on a subway, you could be harmed, and the person who hurts you is probably not going to get prosecuted. That's got to stop, and it's got to stop right now. And it just shows you and shows anybody who has uh, a modicum of common sense what the radical left really wants. And one word sums it up. Anarchy. Yeah. Chaos. Yep. Yeah. They don't care who gets killed or who gets hurt. Look at that concert in Houston. Okay. Where that rapper was on stage and Mm -hmm. what is it? Nine people dead now. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, you're telling me that that concert promoter and those people didn't know that would have been possible with the crowd that came in there, an undisciplined crowd, many of them intoxicated. They didn't know that this could have happened. They didn't care. And now they'll be sued, and all of them will be sued, and they'll be next five years, their lives will be in and out of court and all of that. But what people don't understand is you, you and Stu were talking at the beginning about losing friends and all of that. Mm-hmm. You know, different points of view, and have you ever lost a friend who's different politically than you? I haven't lost any friends that are different politically from me. But once I see a person embracing and promoting destructive policies then i'm gone yeah i don't think any of my friends that have you know uh, been i mean real friends uh that i've known are embracing the destructive policies um but i have had friends that have disowned me because they say i uh you know embrace destructive policies and i i'm not gonna retaliate or anything else they can drop me but but i never i'm not dropping them as friends whatever it's not just it's not just about that they just don't like you beck (laughs) well i could talk to you about friends i don't think you have any but um (laughs) let me me, uh let me change the subjects here are you following the uh james o'keefe project veritas uh, All I know is that the uh, FBI wants to figure out 
who took a diary of what some member of the biden family biden's, is that what it is biden's uh daughter and it's okay. pretty damning stuff but they didn't they say they didn't take it um okay. and it was released a year ago not by them um but it was released a year ago and now they have come in and the fbi and even jonathan turley has said what constitute what 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 law are they going after as a federal crime here it's a diary um and uh, now it appears as though the justice department is extracting data from the phones of James O'Keefe and sending it right directly to the New York Times. Uh, and he's in a lawsuit against the New York Times. Well, good. I mean, look, I feel bad for O'Keefe. I think that he's trying to um, uncover corruption. He is an ideologue, all right? So you, you've got to understand that he comes from it from a point of view. Mm-hmm. But he has uncovered some very worthy things. The body parts about aborted fetuses mm-hmm. was a tremendous story that no one would have done in the corrupt media. And all he needs to get with these pro bono big law firms like Thomas Moore and these people to defend him. And he needs to sue everybody who violates his civil rights because he'll eventually win many of those suits and cripple these people. And that's how you do it. So do you think that the system is working? Because I, I have to tell you. Do I, I think the system No, 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 wait, working? wait. Hear me no. out. Hear me, hear me out for a second. Hear me out for a second. The, the um, election just threw the bums out. Uh, the Rittenhouse trial has exposed the media and the left and the prosecutors, all those people that just ran to he's guilty, um, things are changing to where people are opening their eyes and going, wait a minute, that's not right. Yes, things are improving, but the system doesn't work. And the reason the system doesn't work is because we're so corrupt. Read my column, it's posted right now, BillOReilly.com. And the column clearly lays out the Russian collusion deal. And, and let's talk on the other end of the break about this. Yes. Because the corruption is still oh, there. My gosh. Oh, and nobody is paying attention to it. Yes, we'll do that coming up in just a second. More with Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com. Don't forget he's going on tour with uh, Donald Trump. Several cities. You can find out all about it at BillOReilly.com. Back in just a second. America is the greatest experiment in ultimate ultimate freedom in the history of the world. No other nation throughout all of mankind has had the kind of liberty that we enjoy even today. And that liberty has come with a price tag. As this week, we are honoring men and women who are willing to put themselves on the line to pay that price if necessary. I would like to ask you to teach your children how precious this thing called liberty is if you have children or grandchildren and you haven't gotten the tuttle twins books for your children or grandchildren yet now is the time to do so if an understanding of liberty free markets and the history of this great nation are things you want to pass down it is not going to happen through osmosis 
You have to actively teach it. Tuttle Twins having a crazy Veterans Day sale this week. 50% off their book sets. These are essential books, should be in every household. The Tuttle Twins books, 50% off all of their book sets for toddlers, kids, even teens. 50% off this week. Go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com. TuttleTwinsBeck.com and use the promo code VETERAN. You want a great ugly sweater? We got a Let's Go Brandon yeah. for you this Christmas. Uh, go to shop.blazemedia.com. Use the promo code GLEN20 to save some cash. Bill O'Reilly, back from BillOReilly.com. Bill, let's pick it up from the last break. You were saying? Um, before we get to that, give me a couple of minutes at the end of this segment because I need your advice. Oh, uh, I, I hate to say right, that. Okay. I need your yeah, advice. Yeah. All right. Okay, so look, the column that I wrote on BillOReilly.com is titled Corruption. And now we know that um, the Clinton campaign concocted and financed the bogus russian collusion story this is from, hang on just like, this this is years. this is so amazing that nobody pays attention nobody really yeah, cares care. and and yeah, part care. of it is the conservatives that are just so tired of the clintons that it's like oh another clinton scandal this one is the big one this, this one's the it. big one this is it and we're getting scant word of the day scant news coverage because people are exhausted about it. I understand, but my job is to tell the folks what's happening, and we're living in a corrupt country. I love my country. I think it's the most noble nation ever, but right now, it's corrupt. Yeah, right now, it's, so, a, it's on the verge of being a banana republic if we're not already there. So you have now, beyond a reasonable doubt, all right, a line from the Clinton campaign to the Democratic Party itself to the mainstream media. Now, for the first time in American history, the corporate media has cooperated with a political party. And every aspect of trying to get the Democrats elected. That's what this is all about. So once you look at how powerful Disney, Comcast, Verizon, Facebook, you name it, Google, Twitter, right, Silicon Valley, and they all came together to destroy Donald Trump, and he won anyway. But it, that's a miracle, and that's on the folks. And I and I will tell you this: you know, you look now and say, oh, uh, you know, Google and Facebook and all these guys colluded to get rid of the Hunter Biden story, uh, to get the votes out. This is a much more nefarious uh, use of the press. This is right. them engaged for years, and, engaging and in a lie they knew was a lie. And this, no, I, I'll disagree with you a little on the last statement. They didn't know it was a lie. Um, uh, Washington CNN Post and New York Times and, and, and Washington Post because they didn't look. They didn't care. They didn't the, investigate. Well, maybe this isn't true. The FBI maybe knew this is used. Uh, the FBI as, knew in 2017 so and thing. so did the Washington Post. 
The Washington Post is a separate discussion. You'll have right. to convince me. The FBI knew, and that's Comey, and Comey Correct. Is, is corrupt, a corrupt FBI director. Look, I wrote a book, Killing the Mob, all right? J. Edgar Hoover was corrupt. He was a corrupt man. We lay it out for you. This isn't unprecedented. What is unprecedented is that you had all this power arrayed against one man, the Republican nominee for president, who every single day for more than two years had to deal with false charges. And it has never happened. And the fact that it did happen should scare the bejesus out of everybody because there's been no repenting. No. Who's repented? No. Listen, the Pulitzers aren't going more. back home. They're not going back. Right. They, they right. all won Pulitzers for this. Let me give you one more. Yeah. So the New York Times, which is the most powerful newspaper agency all right, in the country, runs one reporter, Maggie Haberman, runs more than 100 anti-Trump stories based on anonymous sources, receives a Pulitzer Prize for doing it, okay, and they're all false. Does she give the prize back? Does the Pulitzer Committee demand it back? Does anybody say anything about it? No. Now, there have been other times in our history, in the Roaring Twenties, probably the best example, where we've had so much massive corruption that society was damaged to an extent that it took decades to repair. I don't think the corporate media in America can ever be repaired. No, no. It, I mean, if honestly, if, if you were, if you were the king of the universe, you would come in here and say, okay, um, we agree on the principles that, you know, the, the founding principles and the bill of rights. Great. How do we reset? You'd have to reset every agency and everyone in Washington. You'd have to reset all of the media, but honestly, Bill, You'd have to reset a lot of America as well. Americans don't seem to care. I'm not sure about that because last week we saw a repudiation of the progressive left. So I think they're, they're starting to care. And yes. Thanksgiving dinner is going to be a linchpin. You're going to walk in there and you're going to look at your bill for that dinner. And one man is responsible for you paying 50% more this year than last year. One man. I think also the airports are going to be a disaster. Right. A disaster. A good point. And, good point. Uh, and everybody's going to know it. Um, and then you have, you have little Sammy who wants a Lego to put under the tree, and little Sammy might not get the little Lego, and he'll be in tears on Christmas morning. All right. Let me, let me ask you, uh, we didn't talk about the uh, infrastructure bill passing um, do you think the Build Back Better bill is going to pass? They haven't learned anything from what happened in Virginia and New Jersey. I think it might pass at, you know, a tune of one three, one four instead of three point five trillion. Uh, but again, they won't put out what's in a bill. Yeah, Build Back Better what? What? You know, do I do I have to my tax dollars are gonna build more wind turbines? And then here's another thing that BillOReilly.com uncovered back and you should be so proud of me back you should be telling everybody i think you're hey, proud I'm of yourself friend. enough i don't i mean uh, I no you. but you should do it <laughs> i'm o'reilly's friend he's the greatest journalist of all time and you need to know it you know who makes all the green stuff back 
You know who makes the solar panels, the turbines, yeah. the uh, electric cars? You know who makes it? China. Yeah. So all of that build back better money, that's going right over to Beijing. That's where that's going. Does anybody know that? No. Nobody knows it. Because we used to, we the USA, make the solar panels. We don't make them anymore. China makes them. Well, they're too Why? dirty China to make China can here. make everything cheaper. Mm-hmm. And, so and we want our hands clean here. The environmentalists are like, it's too dirty. We need it, but it's too dirty. Uh-huh. Well, there's so much the American people don't know about the corruption. So build back better what? Build back better. What are you going to build back? What? We already got 1.2 for infrastructure. They're going to build the roads and the bridges back up, maybe. All no, right. So now what? What is this? Environmental justice. You know what that is? That's free homes for people that the Democratic Party wants to give free housing to. That's what environmental justice is. I I urge everyone to uh, see the the latest nominee for the Treasury. Um, uh, She is the Soviet woman that is going to be uh, is, is has been nominated to be the comptroller of our currency. And the press is using uh, quotations when they say the GOP says she's an extremist. She is an extremist. She just said she wants to bankrupt all the oil and gas and coal industry. I'd say that's an extremist. But uh, all right, Bill, 90 seconds. Go. No, I'm doing the uh, history, Trump O'Reilly history tour, okay? We begin December 11th at the FLA Arena in Sunrise, Florida. Next day at uh, Orlando, Florida, the Amway Center. The next week, we go to Houston, Toyota Center, and then to Dallas, the American Airlines Center. Now, I'm putting together a list of questions, Beck, about the history of the Trump administration. What do you think... Okay, what are some of the topics that interest you about the history of it? Uh, I'd like to know the uh, uh, the pushback from the State Department on the uh, Israeli embassy and how how close, if ever, that came. What was so that who, pushback? Who opposed? Yeah, I want to know the what the US embassy. no other president has ever done that. So the pushback had to be enormous. What mm-hmm. what so was who, 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 who was though, right? yeah, who was the major pushback uh, from that? OK, that's a good one. Uh, Anything else? Yeah. I want to know um, when did he realize that he didn't uh, have the juice to stop the big state from just destroying everything? Well, that's a little general. So what I'd like you to do is next Friday when I get on, give me specifics, because this tour is going to be very micro. It's like going to what, be, what are you okay, looking for? What are you looking for? I, I got plenty of stuff. I mean, I want to know how that vax got up and running in seven months. How did you do oh, that? Oh, I have what one you for you. Have I have one for you. i give it to you next week. I have one on the vax. Really, okay. really important. Really important. Now, and nobody knows this question yet. That would be great. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're going to come... To any of these shows, Vex, Friday. I need to know. I mean, on uh, Friday, yeah, the uh, the uh, one in Florida, the first one I'm going to. Okay, so you're going to go to the Lauderdale show at the FLA yes. Arena in Sunrise, Florida, because yeah. I got to get you cleared. I got to get Secret Service uh, clearance on you. Oh, they love you me. Probably, 
Yeah, that's probably going to take like uh, two years. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. So yeah. we'll get you cleared to come in uh, backstage there. Um, but again, this is the greatest Christmas Hanukkah gift of all time. The Trump O'Reilly History Tours we sold almost 30,000 tickets. Still nice seats available, but you got to move now. Go to BillOReilly.com. I'll link you over to any of the box offices. Ticketmaster's got them. And I appreciate it. I appreciate right. you letting me, uh, let me promote the show. Thank you very much, Bill. Appreciate it. Uh, Bye. Let me tell you about our uh, sponsor. It's American Financing. As the economy continues to recover, <laughs> Americans are taking on more and more credit card debt. Have you heard... Have you heard these experts in Washington keep saying, you know, Americans have more wealth than they've ever had? I mean, the American people really, I mean, they have bigger savings and they got all these uh, all this money from COVID and had nothing to do with it. You I heard that? that analysis. They said uh, everything is awesome. Everything is good. Exactly cool right. Team, I yeah, think it was. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Uh, Americans are swimming in debt right now. We've wrapped up. We've uh, racked up. 17 billion dollars just in the third quarter of this year in debt 17 billion in the third quarter if you happen to be one of the people adding to your uh, balance may i remind you it's going to get harder and harder to get a loan rates are going up please get your financial house in order and i know if you're underwater you feel like there's no place to go please just call american financing and see if they can help you if you have to refi your mortgage to get a lower interest rate, it could save you hundreds. If you if you uh, fold in all of your high interest credit card debt and pay that off, it could save you $1000 a month. 800-906-2440 americanfinancing.net go there now. American Financing NMLS 182334 www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is the Glenn Beck program. This is the Glenn Beck program. Hello and welcome. I'm glad you're here. We have John Ziegler coming up in just a few minutes. He is the guy who it's the 10 year anniversary of the Penn State scandal. And, uh, you know, he did a lot of reporting and I I think he's right on the Penn Penn State scandal. Um, But he's he's not marking the anniversary by going and regurgitating it. He's marking the anniversary because he's learned a lot in 10 years and he put together a list of things that you need to know about the media that he has learned over 10 years. Uh, and it is all really good advice on how to view the media and how the media actually works because he's lived the grind himself. Uh, and uh, he's coming up in just a, just a second. Yeah, it's a really good list you can apply to. Every news story. Every news story. Every time there's a big breaking thing, you yeah. can see how the media reacts to it, how we get down these roads that are often incorrect. For instance, and how they can't turn it around. Let me let me uh, let me share this with you. I am violating one of the the last lesson in his uh, in his piece that he learned. I'm going to violate right now. Okay. Um, by violating everything the media is telling me not to do. They're telling me on the pandemic, don't question. You can't ask the question, is there anybody really actually behind the pandemic? Is there anybody profiting from the pandemic? What are the true origins of the virus? Um, The disturbing revelations about the vaccine. Why is everybody pushing it so hard and not allowing anyone to talk about any kind of side effects, no matter how small they are? 
it is time to ask these questions. The government and big tech, and I think big pharmaceutical, don't want you to know the truth. This Wednesday night is a very important special, and it may air only once. Uh, it is a two-hour, no commercial, commercial-free uh, broadcast that we are putting on YouTube, but I wouldn't count on it being there uh, after the first 15 minutes because we are violating pretty much everything they tell us not to do, but everything they used to teach journalists to do. Ask the questions. And for the last 18 months, there is a big team that has been asking these questions and finding the documents you know, everybody went through the Fauci emails, but they were redacted. Did anybody think to go through the people who were CC'd and BCC'd and FOIA them? This team did. And there's a lot of stuff that uh, was blacked out on Fauci emails, not blacked out on the same email from somebody who was CC'd. Uh, we are going to expose some things that are going to make a lot of people uncomfortable, but your world will start to make a little more sense. And that is our job. No conspiracies, facts, hard facts on COVID, crime and cover up. Wednesday night, blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Fauci lied and save 25%. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America, and welcome to Friday. We have a lot to share with you this uh, last hour of the week. We wanted to bring John Ziegler in, a very good friend of ours who, uh, who has learned a lot in the last 10 years and watching the media. A lot we can learn about how COVID has been rolled out. He learned his lesson over the last 10 years because he was the guy who said, wait a minute, the narrative about the Penn State scandal is all wrong. I believe he has proved it to be wrong. Uh, but nobody in the media wanted to hear it. And so he has made a list of the things that you need to know about the media. And it is something that you should honestly keep on a refrigerator. So when you see things, you're like, oh, mm-hmm, okay, that's happening there. How should I react to it? Uh, John Ziegler in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. You know, it's easier to prevent your identity from being stolen in the first place than it is to deal, gosh, with all of the problems, especially if you haven't caught it in time. I mean, if you find out right away, before all the damage is done, you might be able to do something about it. LifeLock is the, the they're the best people to alert you to watch as much as anybody can. Nobody can watch everything, um, but they watch as much as they can. And if something happens, they try to alert you right away. Uh, and then they have a team of specialists that work with you to fix the problem. To me, that is real help. Just, you know, my bank going, hey, there's a problem. Looks like somebody's uh, using the credit cards. Uh, is that you? No. Okay. They actually, uh, somebody was, somebody had taken our identity and done some stuff and, uh, okay, how do I fix this? How do I fix this? Easy. LifeLock has the people there to help you on that. LifeLock by Norton. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year with promo code BECK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com. Use the promo code BECK for 25% off. LifeLock.com. John Ziegler is uh, on the phone. He is a senior columnist at Mediate. 
he is a controversial guy, both left and right, because he calls them as he sees them. Uh, I think he's one of the braver guys. I think he's also a little suicidal uh, in his approach, but <laughs> but he is also one of the only people I know that when he says, this is what I believe, I know that's exactly what he believes. And that is very rare and worth a lot today. Hello, John. How are you? Wow, Glenn. You know, I think the main reason I come on your show is just to hear your different intros to me. <laughs> <laughs> that, well, that one was really good. That, thank you. My wife would agree with just about everything you just said. Yeah, especially the suicidal in your right, career. Exactly. Yeah, that was yeah, the yeah. part that I, I was thinking about. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, so, John, you wrote a great ar- ar- article after 10 years of investigating the Penn State scandal. Here's what the uh, case taught me about modern media. Uh, and I can't believe media uh, or media uh, mediaite actually let you print this, um, but uh, they did. So well, that's a story. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Um, they have. Uh, you, you, we're not going to relitigate the uh, Sandusky uh, thing. You right. say I. You know, I did a podcast with hours and hours and hours with the benefit of hindsight. Uh, hindsight. Um, but uh, you you want to use that to show us. For instance, let's let's compare it now and and show us COVID. Right. No, you, you, you've hit on exactly why I think this story is relevant. Although I will say, uh, you know, here we are on the 10th anniversary of the Penn State scandal. And for those that don't remember, this is the Jerry Sandusky sex abuse scandal that resulted in the firing of the great Joe Paterno and three Penn State administrators going to jail and Sandusky is going to almost certainly die in prison. I mean, that story in and of itself was a huge story. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we have rewritten history and told you what really did happen in our epic podcast with the benefit of hindsight is, I think, inherently relevant. Relevant and in a rational world would be relitigated by the news media. But being realistic, I think, I decided- and John, I want you to know, um, you know, people, uh, people like you who speak the truth that is unpopular, they are always recognized much later, usually when they're dead. Um, but <laughs> I, I think your I think your podcast and all of your reporting on this, I think it will turn that story around eventually. I would like to believe that. It probably will be after I'm dead. I'm preparing my nine-year-old daughter to, to, to eventually yeah. take the reins on that. Yeah. But, look, I appreciate, Glenn, I appreciate that more than you know. And let me do, last thing on my podcast. I mean, people who have no interest in this story find it to be the most amazing podcast that they've ever encountered. I mean, it's, it's gripping. It's entertaining. I have a female co-host who was a television sportscaster here in Los Angeles who's now a, a professor of media at Syracuse University named Liv Sabib. It's an amazing ride. And we have proven this case beyond any comprehension uh, and any shadow of the doubt. And you will learn so much about humanity and the news media. And I believe you will learn how we got into this COVID mess, because okay. a lot of what I wrote in this media I, the column relates directly to COVID. And, and the main parts of that are what happens when everyone gets locked in emotionally and professionally into a narrative in no time where we don't know the true facts and where everyone is in a panic, a moral panic in this case involving child sex abuse, we all lose our minds, and then the experts see an opportunity to to forward their agenda. And once the story is written, and it can happen in only a couple of days, and that's what happened in Penn State, a couple of days, 10 years ago, we were told... <laughs> A nonsensical story about 
about Jerry Sandusky having raped a boy in a shower and uh, a coach telling Joe Paterno and he basically doing nothing in Penn State covering up for this former assistant coach. That story is absurd. Now, sometimes absurd stories happen, but they come with evidence. This one did not. In fact, if you listen to the podcast, you know we've proven what actually did happen, and it's not that. But once everyone's invested, there's no going back. And I guess one of the more amazing elements of both this story and with regard to COVID is that when the facts come in now, and they're unequivocal, they're overwhelming, no one seems to care anymore. Mm-hmm. No, one, no, one, no one will admit they were wrong. Now, as a married guy, I'm well-trained in admitting when I'm wrong. <laughs> uh, I mean, even, even when I don't really think I am. Correct. Um, so I, I truly do not understand when did we stop admitting that when more information comes in, we can go, oh, wait a minute. When Maybe we rush to judgment, especially when this keeps happening. It's as if... Duke lacrosse never happened. It's as if Theranos never happened. It's as if Jussie Smollett never happened. Uh, The Covington kids never happened. We're seeing it with Kyle Rittenhouse. It's time and time again, and the media never learns their lesson, mostly because they're never held accountable, Glenn. Well, I think they actually kind of are. I mean, the the blaze... Uh, You know, our streaming service and, you know, with YouTube, we beat... Uh, the CNN ratings many nights, many nights. Uh, it, it is crazy how low their ratings are going. However, right. you're right. They just think that's because we're all stupid. Um, so they don't they're never they're never called into question uh, on what they actually did and what they reported. And you can see that again with the uh, uh, with the White House now and the the Russia hoax. Uh, we know where that came from, and we know the media participated in it. Uh, but, no, but no one ever gets fired, I no, guess is no. my point. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, yes, as institutions, they are suffering in the ratings, and I think that a large part of that is because of lack of trust. I mean, there's this narrative going that, that everyone's t- turning off television news in comparison to last year because there's no election. Well, that's part of it. But I think what happened with COVID destroyed what was ever left uh, of their credibility in a large portion of the population. But Agreed. let me give you a really let me give you a really good example that again is from the Penn State case, but I think you guys are going to enjoy this because this shows this relates in in, many, in some weird ways to COVID. The Dr. Fauci of this case was a woman by the name of Sarah Ganim, all right? Now, you, you guys fit on this narrative and tell me how absurd this is, all right? So we were told 10 years ago that the woman who broke this case was a 24-year-old Penn State graduate by the name of Sarah Ganim, 24 years old. I don't know about you guys, but when I was 24, I didn't know crap about crap. I mean, I, mean, I, I, can't, I can't even, I was a television sportscaster at NBC affiliate in Ohio and West Virginia. I can't, in retrospect, believe they even let me on the air at 24. Uh, I agree, right? I, I'm the same way. All right, so, so she's 24 years old, and immediately the media says, we found our expert, our, our Dr. Fauci. Tell us what happened in this story, Sarah. So she leads everybody in this panic down this path that turns out to be completely absurd. Now, let's follow her narrative from there. She wins the Pulitzer Prize, because the media loves this narrative. You know, a semi-attractive mm-hmm. Penn State graduate female brings down the entire Penn State football program. Oh, my God, they're salivating over this. 
She never writes a book about the case, which is impossible as a Pulitzer Prize winner. It's impossible. But there's a reason why she didn't write a book, because she can't, not because she's just a bad writer, but because her narrative would get her in big trouble about what really actually happened. But she, she gets a great gig at CNN. So she goes from a tiny little paper in, in central Pennsylvania to CNN, where she does nothing Nothing. The only thing she gets known for are having snowballs thrown at her in a snowstorm she's covering and giggling on set with Wolf Blitzer while covering a horrendous abuse case. So then she she gets, I, I believe, let go by CNN. She doesn't just suddenly retire at the age of, of 30. She, and uh, We never hear from her again. She's an assistant professor in Florida. Now on the 10th anniversary, she comes back to do a podcast about the Sandusky case. She is claiming in her podcast that she has a new Sandusky victim who died of an overdose in 2018 because of their trauma of the Sandusky abuse. Did this person ever claim to be a Sandusky accuser when they were alive? No, they were not a trial accuser. They were not a settlement accuser. I have all the settlement documents. Their family was a huge Sandusky supporter. They died of an overdose in 2018. By the way, Sandusky's in prison. I doubt there was any abuse going on at that time. And then after, after this guy's death in 2018, a year later, there are numerous articles about his overdose because the family is trying to you know, get media coverage for his cause. A year later, still no mention of Jerry Sandusky by the parents. Then all of a sudden, just before the statute of limitations comes in, they get the most unscrupulous lawyer in this case, and they sue Penn State for a lot of money with zero record of this guy ever claiming to be a Sandusky accuser. And then the media reports on Sarah Ganim's podcast that these are, this is a Sandusky victim. You can be a okay. Sandusky victim right. okay, okay. John, with, John, without, John. Ever, without ever even claiming it. John. And here's Sarah Ganim, who's still the Dr. Fauci in this case. I'm the Rand Paul to, to Sarah Ganim. Unfortunately, I'm not a U.S. senator, so no one's paying attention to me. But this woman should be, this woman's credibility should be completely destroyed. And this is someone the news media put on the pedestal as a heroine. She's a fraud. And it's happening constantly in this media environment. But again, we're not going to talk about the Sandusky thing. Uh, <laughs> you're the only person I know that can wind yourself up. <laughs> I mean, you just well, like, hey, John. Hey, John, how you doing? I'm doing. I'm, you're like, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. But let me tell you about the Sandusky thing. And then and by the end, you're like foaming at the mouth. And all I said was, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that an amazing story? I mean, it, it is. It I mean, is. I, I'm and a it, big believer and it is, that it, if you wait, wait long enough, the truth will come out. It's just many people stop paying attention. Well, and you're exactly right where we started, which is this is what's happening right now to the New York Times reporter that uh, wrote everything about the Russia hoax. It's all false now, provenly false. She's not returning the, the Pulitzer Prize. New York Times is not firing her. They right. just move on. Uh, and, and that is the problem with the media. Let me let me take a quick break and then I'm going to come back because I want to go through some of these um, things that you wrote about uh, in in a panic. Question everything. Once a narrative is set, look out. And the modern media is really like the movie business. I want to start on on that one when we come back with John Ziegler. I think he needs a drink of water and maybe at least an Advil. Uh, Tuttle Twins. Time to take the education of our children into our own hands. This week, we've been honoring those who stepped to the plate and served our country at the risk of their own lives. Now, let's follow through and help preserve what they're fighting for. The good news is 
by going after our our children in the school uh, school system, the left has awoken a sleeping giant of independents, Democrats and uh, Republicans, just ordinary Americans that don't hate their country. We have a long way to go to ensure that the next generation grows up to appreciate the freedom of the American experiment. And that's where the Tuttle Twin books come in. They will uh, teach your kids and, quite honestly, you and me an awful lot you didn't know about America. How free markets work, liberty, and American exceptionalism. Now, the Tuttle Twins books, they are having a crazy Veterans Day sale this week. 50% off all of their book sets. 50% off. Now, that's their book sets for toddlers, for kids, and teens. 50% 50% off this week only. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Use the promo code VETERAN and get 50% off. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. 10 seconds, station ID. John, I've got only a few minutes left, and uh, I want to talk to you about something else. So I, uh, let's go through these quickly, if we can, because I think these are really important to keep on your refrigerator as you see a big story come by, because it you are exactly right. Um, let's pick it up here. The modern media is really like the movie business. Nonfiction movies used to say based on a true story. But today you say it's different. Yeah, it's basically the, the dramatic license is so dr- incredible that it's basically stuff that could have theoretically happened, probably didn't, but boy, it makes a great story. And, you know, I think we see this all the time. Yes, we absolutely saw it with the Penn State scandal. Uh, let me give you an example that you, know, you and I are going to slightly disagree on, but not much, on the Russian story. I agree with you. The media blew it on the Russian story. I think there was a kernel of truth there, but they decided you know what? That's not good enough. We need to juice this. We need to make this into a movie where we've got a Manchurian candidate president, which was always a ridiculous concept to begin with. And, and the, the whole notion of Russian collusion with regard to the, the 2016 election. And so we now know that that movie was false. Uh, but that's why they, but, but they did that for two reasons. One, it fit their political agenda. But two, because let's face it, real life is actually pretty boring. And because the business model of the news media is broken, they need to juice real stories into movie fiction in order to keep an audience. That is the essence of what has happened here. In the olden days, back when you and I were young, a a newspaper was a license to print money, a radio station was a license to print money, there were only four or five TV stations, it wasn't cable news, and so they didn't need to do this because they were going to make money regardless. Now they're, they're desperately scrapping for every little ratings point they can get, and that's why they're juicing stories All right. that, that were, were used to be considered nonfiction are now being pretended to be, uh, you know, that they're, pretending that they're real when they're not. Quickly, um, the third rail topics, the defense is inherently disadvantaged. This one I think is really true, really powerful. Yeah, when you're dealing with a very controversial topic, whether it's race, whether it is sexual assault, uh, whether it is basically has anything to do with republicanism, <laughs> uh, you know, when uh, the, I, I believe that what the news media fails to understand, or maybe they don't care, is that they have a massive impact on how a story is going to turn out and how they cover it, and it goes way beyond just polluting the jury pool. It goes into the dynamics of putting on a defense, and part of that is people who are 
prone to jumping in and saying, wait a minute, we're rushing to a, a, a conclusion here, we're rushing to judgment, are afraid to do so because they don't want to be seen as pro-child abuse or pro-racism or, or pro-killing innocent people or whatever it is. And then by the time the facts come in, it's too late because everyone has moved on and oftentimes the judicial system has already decided. We're getting everything in the in bass backwards order, we used to wait till a trial. Even here in Los Angeles, we waited till after the trial to have the Rodney King riots. Now we do the riots first and the trial later, and it doesn't work. Emotional investment causes one side reporting. This is really hard because this is why they don't correct themselves is because they're emotionally invested. It's not just about not admitting you're wrong. That's a big part of it. But they so desperately, and let's be clear, liberals control the narrative almost all the time in these situations. Once they get emotionally invested, you can't let go. The world, real world example of this, masks. The, the security blanket of masks and, and the anti-Trump virtue signal of masks. They have fallen in love with masks. So the idea that being told that they wore masks for no reason for a year and a half, it's impossible for them to even comprehend that. It is far easier to dupe someone, especially a liberal in the news media, than to convince them that they have been duped. And this impacts all sorts of stories. You, um, you have many more, uh, and we'll uh, tweet the story out after 10 years of investigating the Penn State scandal. Here's what the case taught me about the modern media uh, by John Ziegler. Um, I, I, one of the one of them that are in here that I think is just so great is the modern media would have backed the Salem witch trials. It's absolutely uh-huh. true. A hundred percent. As long as they were getting good ratings and, and they, you know, they didn't like the witches. I mean, they absolutely would have they absolutely would have backed the, the Salem witch trials. And, and Glenn, and thank you so much for, for caring about this story. And I, I do peop, hope people will at least take a listen to our podcast with the benefit of hindsight because you will not regret it. It's an incredible ride. It teaches you everything you need to know about modern humanity, modern media, and why things are so broken. Where can you get the podcast? Just anywhere? iTunes, Spotify, uh, everywhere. Uh, With the benefit of hindsight uh, is the uh, podcast. And one of the hosts is John Ziegler. John, as always, uh, thank you so much. And I know you uh, I I know you're quite opinionated on covid and what is going on in covid. You are really going to like my special next week. Uh, And I would uh, I I I, if you will keep it to yourself, I'll send you the uh, the almost finalized locked in script. Uh, well, I saw, I saw the I saw the title, and I actually emailed Stu because I've been pitching a documentary that has almost the exact same title. Really, <laughs> <laughs> my title was was panic politics and propaganda. And when I saw yours, I'm like, holy cow! Yeah. Great minds really do think alike. Yeah. <laughs> well, next week is a two hour commercial free special that I think you're going to. Uh, you're going to feast on because I think there's a lot of stuff in there that even you are going to find uh, new and horrifying and will want to report on it. John Ziegler, we'll talk to you again. Thank you so much. John Ziegler, Zig, Zygmunt Freud is his Twitter handle. Zygmunt Freud. The Glenn Beck Program. All right. Remember the old days? If everybody was jumping off a cliff, would you do it too? Okay, guess what? Everybody is jumping off a cliff, and uh, and everybody is just, just like a pack, just running over this cliff. Stop, stop. Take a deep breath. Do not get into the crowd. 
it's a bad, bad place to be right now because the crowd is going the wrong direction. And don't listen to people. You've got to separate yourself from people who are saying, yeah, but I can give you some really good stuff here. I got really good stuff. If it's also connected to poison, don't. Big Mobile uh, is a big part of our problem right now. They are funding really bad things. Uh, Abortion and Planned Parenthood is one of them from uh, Verizon. I want you to go to PatriotMobile.com slash Beck and stand away from the crowd. 972-PATRIOT or PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Switch from Big Mobile. Get free activation with the offer code Beck. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. You'll probably save... You probably cut your phone bill in half by switching to patriotmobile.com slash Beck. Head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Fauci Lied. Get 25 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. I am I am really optimistic for our future. Um, and I'm optimistic because I see more and more people standing up. Uh, I had a great interview um, yesterday uh, for the uh, podcast, and I honestly I didn't know what I was what I was stepping uh, stepping into. It is a woman that was on Fox. Do we happen to have the uh, Brian Stelter uh, interview uh, with her? She was uh, she was on. She's a journalist, and she, Brian Stelter had her on, and he was like. I don't know, the drunk Pillsbury Doughboy. Uh, or maybe he's just Mr. Potato Head, but it's starting to turn a little into vodka. Uh, he looked at her like a deer in the headlights and had absolutely no idea what she was even talking about. And basically, she comes on to tell uh, Brian Stelter that uh, there's a problem with the media, and it is it's real arrogance. Listen, here it is. You have it? Okay. Um, all right. Well, let me let me uh, introduce you to her. Uh, to you, her name is um, Batia Ungar Sargon. And when I was in- interviewing her again, all I knew is she was telling the truth on about the media on mainstream media. And I thought this woman has no chance. This woman has no chance. Who is she? Didn't know if she was a conservative or a liberal. Well, I find out that she is. A liberal. And she has woken up. Play Cut 8, please, from the podcast today. I honestly do think that wokeness is the reason that a lot of liberals are waking up. You know, that just the the insulting nature of it, the um, the way that it, it fails to accurately capture the richness of opinion in the black community, the way that it's, you know, the like you said, the 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 contempt that the that this worldview shows for their fellow Americans who they know are no longer racist. I think that people are just fed up with the attempt to re-racialize American society. And we're ready for unity. I mean, we're that we're ready for unity. Listen to that. But boy, they I mean, I mean, look at Virginia. Look at Virginia. Yeah, they were all <laughs> all the media was on television while the lieutenant governor, the first black woman, is accepting uh, and and walking into the role, they're all saying this was a racist thing. It was all racist dog whistles. And you're like, 
how can these people be racist when they just <laughs> elected her and a Hispanic at another high? It's not that. It was so amazing, the split screen of uh, Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears, a Jamaican immigrant, leading the crowd in chants, USA, USA, on one side of the screen, the other, Joy Reid, calling her a white, you know, this a victory for white, white supremacy, supremacy, right? It was the two Americas. And I mean, honestly, it's just that, that image of Winsome Sears, it was really, I think, a lot of liberals that is what they want to believe america is and that is what they believe america is and that is what america is and the joy reed side is six percent of the people are on that in that group it's you know we talk about it like that's all the democrats it's really not it's a tiny tiny minority that's drunk on its own you know success in this economy that rewards these elite educations i don't know why and that you know punishes people who are working class again i don't know why and um i mean i guess i wrote a whole book about why so i shouldn't say that but (laughs) i have a um i have a few congressmen and senators that i talk to a lot and they're not Uh they're not Uh necessarily the ones that people would think that i'm talking to and Uh i have tried to convince them guys now is the time to do what happened in 1856 and that is stand up and go you know i figured out that neither side actually cares about these problems that you're not serious about solving anything you you're playing we're playing a giant game here and uh i'm not playing it and neither are my fellow democrats and republicans this guy is a democrat this guy's a republican that guy's a democrat that person's an independent and we're done playing this game uh it's a really interesting conversation where she uh, really kind of excoriates herself because she didn't wake up until tw- she says 2018. And I give her a lot of credit. She has lost friends and everything else, but she sees things clearly. And we, we talked about, you know, how, how does that happen? How do you wake people up? And she's got some, I think some really good advice. And, um, and one of, one of the things we talk about is, um, how we have to come together. We're not going to agree on everything. And we got to stop thinking that we should. We have to agree on principles. Principles. Bill of Rights. Just start with that. Uh, and we can find our way to each other. We didn't agree on policies. But we sure agreed on principles. And I have a lot of respect for her. And she seemed to have respect for me as well. That if we can agree on principles, then we can do things like, can we ask some critical questions here? If you can't ask critical questions, uh, we are in. uh, We're in the city in Ukraine called Chernobyl. And uh, the system is about to go into uh, meltdown. And they say, vent it. And the people in the control room go, but why would we? I I don't think that vent it. And they vent it. And look what happened. It went into meltdown. That's where we are. We're in this place where you can't question 
anything. And they're saying you can't question it because it's an emergency. Nobody is going to make a wise decision in an emergency. This is why I'm telling you, please prepare your family, prepare for impact, uh, prepare for shortages, get out of debt as much as you possibly can, curb your spending as much as you can, because you don't want to be in a situation where you're in a panic. That's where we were at the beginning of the pandemic. 15 days to flatten the curve. All of us pretty much thought that that was a pretty good idea. Let's just take two weeks. Let's take a two-week pause and see what is going on. And let's get a handle on this a little bit more. But in those two weeks, some things happened that nobody has known about and that nobody now can question that were very, very important. And if we want to stop making the same mistakes, we have to go back and examine those things that happened. And it takes some courage. It takes courage to say, who's profiting off of these vaccines? And, and how is that working exactly? And is there any motivation? Maybe not. Maybe not. I mean, I will show you the evidence that, mm, yes, but you, when you're asking a question, you have to ask an honest question. Was this a weapon engineered by the Chinese? Everything we've done in research shows absolutely not. Not. It's not. Was this intentional? Nope. Was, was this a surprise? To Fauci and others. No. Wasn't a surprise. It wasn't a surprise. What did they do right after? Who did they inform? Who did they talk to? What did they talk about? Did they inform the president? No. And we have not only uh, had FOIA requests, we have also reached out to many of the players. Uh <sighs> You're going to learn a lot of stuff on Wednesday, but we live in a country where this is the very unpopular narrative in the world. And the powers that be are already today squashing anyone who says Rittenhouse is innocent. The algorithms are already squashing those people who are saying, look at the truth here. Here's the this, this guy's innocent. They're not looking for truth. They're not trying to stop hatred. They're not trying to do anything. They are trying to win. If you try to win, eventually you will become so extreme in covering your things up. Crimes against humanity will happen if you don't stop. I've got to prove I know I'm right. These Jews are bad. And you will just go down the road and you will kill anyone who stands in your way in the end. You come, become more and more extreme because you're in it deeper and deeper and deeper. It's why people have a hard time saying, you know what? I was wrong because they're in so deep. They've, they've invested so much into what they say they believe. It's a part of them. And this is the trick of politics. 
it has it has become part of sports and everything in your life. Everything is now connected to politics. That's for a reason. There is no safe zone. You've had to make political decisions on everything you do and everything you say. It hardens you into whatever side you're on. I'm asking you to join us on next Wednesday's program. Next Wednesday's program, uh, I have been working on this chalkboard now uh, for over a week. Uh, and this has been 18 months in research and about two months in production. It is commercial free. It will be live. But I am going to show you the answers to the questions that we've all had that just don't make sense. Once you understand what really happened in real time, then it makes sense. Then you have to ask yourself, is this cover up a crime? Did anybody commit a crime here? I will leave you with this. There are people, lots of very important people that they weren't trying to save your life. They were trying to save themselves, their career and their positions. That came first over the life of you, your mom, dad, grandmother. And it still is more important until we answer these questions and then demand that people are held responsible for what they did. That's Wednesday night, Blaze TV. Black Friday is coming up. If you have been uh, in training all year for Black Friday, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You don't have to run people over with a shopping cart. I know you don't have to memorize the layout of the stores. Uh, I get it. Sounds like an awful lot of fun, you know, doing that every year. I don't understand it. But, you know, hey, to each his own. Black Friday, why not give the gift that keeps on giving and you don't have to go to the store for? It's called a Rectech. Whether you are smoking, grilling, or even baking, Rectech is absolutely the best. Smart grill technology, so it maintains any temperature the whole time the food is cooking and lets you know when it's done. Food is delicious when it comes out. You can smoke, you can grill, you can even bake. And Black Friday sale is already going on at Rectech.com. And you could save up to $415 right now. Get your grill for the holidays with free shipping on all pellet grills. Just go to Rectech, R-E-C-T-E-Q.com. That's Rectech.com. The Glenn Beck Program. Okay. Let's just do, let's just do some entertainment here for just a second. Uh, if you're looking for something to watch on TV, if you haven't started watching Yellowstone yet, you must. Mm. It is one of the best shows on television. Violent, uh, but so good. So good. Um, the uh, There's another show. Do not watch the American version of this because it's all politics and quite honestly not as funny, I think. Uh, Ghosts from the BBC. There's this new show maybe on CBS or something uh, called Ghosts, and it takes place in America. Eh. Um, just, you'll fall in love with the caveman. I'm just saying that ghosts, <laughs> um, uh, and you can watch that with the entire family and there's not a problem rare. Uh, last night, 
I guess it was one night only. Uh, Rocky Four, the director's edition, <laughs> uh, the director's cut, uh, mm-hmm. was uh, playing, and I went with Stu because I know what a fan he is of Rocky. Yes, mm-hmm. it was a little bit like watching a band you love and have heard their c- CD a million times, and then they're playing it live, and it's like a little different. And you're you're like, I don't. I mean, this is cool, but it's also not the thing I'm used to. Uh, it was a little bit of that watching it. But yeah. was it was it disturbing? Because I from time to time went, okay, so wait a minute, who's that? Yeah, I mean, there I, was there were a disturbing. few Glenn asking very basic Rocky questions. I didn't make in it the to theater. four. I'm just saying I didn't make it all the way to four. I think I, I mean you, I think Mr. T was the where, where was the place where I'm like there's a T in a road and I'm going that way. Hmm. Well, we know that uh, Ronald Reagan, Margaret Thatcher, and a lot of the audience cared about ending the Cold War. Apparently, you didn't. Uh, because as you saw at the end of that film, the Cold War ended on that speech. What an amazing difference. I mean, oh, God, it's shocking to watch Shocking now. to watch. To you, watch like pure patriotism. Yeah. Saying we're better than the Soviet Union. Yeah. Full stop. And seeing somebody who uh, is the underdog, mm. who's an American win it's interesting too to see they added and this wouldn't be something you would detect but they added a lot of the sort of political intrigue moments into it i mean it was always there in the movie but it was more overt more dialogue based on that i wonder if that's a statement on sylvester stallone's politics because you know he's kind of famously sort of conservative yeah and you wonder if maybe more of that in maybe it's also i enjoyed it because it was a time tunnel yeah you know it was like and it kind of shows you the difference between today and stunning and 40 years. It is truly stunning. Stunning. That was only one night, though. Yeah, well, only one night. You can watch it on streaming services now. I'm not sure which one it's on, but it was uh, worth you watching. You can watch it at home. It's, it was worth watching. Yeah, Rocky Four. Watch.